0: This is Face
1: the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episode 135, Hello My Old Friend. What's that song all about?
2: Hello My Old Friend was a 37th track on the ELO box set Afterglow. 8th track on 3rd disc, also known as the O-Disc. It was originally intended to be the final track on Secret Messages in 1983 when it was going to be a double album. It soon got the boot when the album was cut down to a single album and wasn't released until this box set came out on June 15, 1990. It regained its planned track position when Secret Messages was released as a double album in 2018. In August 2015, John Vandercase wrote, A
1: string-laden tribute to the Birmingham of Jeff's childhood memories.
2: In issue number 15 of the Face the Music fanzine from 1993, Andrew Whiteside wrote,
1: It seems incredible that Hello My Old Friend lay unreleased in the vaults for seven years. Not only is it undoubtedly one of the band's finest moments, but it is also the inspiration for the album's cover artwork. And indeed, the sleeve makes no sense until you've heard it. What the song attempts to do is to create a romantic image of the Midlands of Jeff's childhood, a la Penny Lane, or, wait for it, Strawberry Fields Forever. However, Jeff lacks Lennon and McCartney's poetic powers, and to be honest, even they'd have a hard time convincing anyone that Birmingham is Shangri-La and reverential references to cooling towers and skinny dogs and beer crates are unlikely to set up the Midlands tourist board for life. On a musical level, though, the song works brilliantly. All of the gimmicky sound effects, backwards-running tapes, and overblown keyboards that merely distracted elsewhere on the album somehow fuse wonderfully here, Created a musical Leviathan that grinds down all oppositions by the sheer weight of its artifice.
2: In King of the Universe number 8, from March 4th, 1999, Dave Morgan said
1: We used to have people standing on the street corners in Birmingham every night shouting Spatch and Mail. That meant Dispatch and Mail. That's right, they used to leave the D off and it was Spatch and Mail. Well, we were all doing this on one of Jeff's records. It was a song about the nostalgia of childhood.
2: In the Showdown mailing list from December 17, 2004, Rob Cager wrote
1: The version on Afterglow is the finished final version, taken from the unreleased Secret Messages double album, but with poor mastering applied. Hello?
3: I must be going. Hi, I'm Eric Winsenson.
1: And I'm Eric Paul Johnson.
3: And Hello My Old Friend, which I believe is supposed to be the last song or was intended as the last song on the double album of Secret Messages. Mm-hmm. Even though I like Rock and Roll is King as being the end of Secret Messages as it is, I can understand why this would be the end of a double album version of it. And we get an eight-minute love letter to... or kind of sarcastic love letter, yeah. to Birmingham, England, Jeff Lynn's hometown. With all the descriptions that make it sound so wonderful, as make it sound like it's going to be a tourist destination when I finally ever get to go over to the United Kingdom. That it's going to be one of the first places I want to go to.
1: Sure, if your tourism budget is about $30.
3: Exactly. Can't yeah. afford London. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to go to the place where factory walls line every street and where the sky is choked with black smoke and...
1: And off on the horizon, you got some cooling towers. Yep. Mm-hmm. And beer it crates. Sounds it sounds
3: wonderful. Yes. It sounds exactly like the place where uh, you would want to grow up if you want to become a musician, because <laughs> that means that you get out of there as quickly as you can.
1: Yeah. I yeah.
3: think that's why there's so many bands from there is, hey, let's tour the world. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The song itself, I love this song. This shows that Jeff Lynne can truly write a great song, for one thing. Well, he's proved it a number of times, mm-hmm. but if you're just thinking of something like Strange Magic, where it just repeats it over and over again, <laughs> this proves his writing style. Sound-wise, it sounds like John Lennon from a people's, I know a lot of people say it sounds like Sgt. Pepper's kind of, but I see a little bit of that. More like Magical Mystery Tour with the I Am the Walrus slight type of ending there, but most of it sounds like early '70s John Lennon kind of updated. I would say Double Fantasy, but Double Fantasy's so obsessed with Yoko. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say this sounds more like more like around Imagine or Plastic Ono Band, especially with the reverb and everything on the drums.
1: So in my mind, we're entering the Kuiper Belt of the Electric Light Orchestra solar system. And if in astronomy class, you were too busy drawing ELO spaceships on your astronomy book and in your notes to listen to what the teacher said, the Kuiper Belt is the debris that's left over from the creation of our solar system. It's rocks and chunks of ice that orbits our solar system as just a ring of extras. So if the albums are planets in the ELO solar system, B-sides would be the moons, We're going out into where all the leftover stuff is that's just been floating around and winds up as bonus material that previously unreleased stuff.
3: Yeah, this is where we get the comets from.
1: Yes. Now, as for the song, I think this makes an excellent argument for why Secret Messages should have been a double album. Rock and is King is great. I got no problems with it at all. But... If this is your last album, and this is your last song on your last album, this is the perfect song to do. First heard it in 1990 when I got Afterglow, and uh, at first I thought, first half of this isn't so bad. It's kind of nice. I like it. But then... (laughs) when things start swirling up and it descends into that Secret Messages breakdown where it's got all the little bits that have been used as the interludes or quiet parts before songs or between songs overlaid with that synthesizer that is very Secret Messages I thought that was really cool and then it got freaking better when it built and built and then it broke into the more do i i don't know if i want to say faster the more up the 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 part of the song where a whole lot more was happening Jeff starts doing that, and I thought that oh, this is even better. And then the the strings come in, and they start bending, and that just my eyeballs just rolled back in my oh my god! I'm so eargasming This, this is, is so freaking great. This was the perfect song to end ELO. I like "Send It." I really don't have much of a problem with it, but. If this is the last song for ELO, this is the one that it should be. It has everything that ELO was meant to be, or has been, or was. You get the nice quiet parts. Jeff was good at that. You get the weird middle part with all the weird things. That's great. All these great ELO albums, they have that weird part in the middle. And then that end part. Jeff and Roy said the Electric Light Orchestra was going to pick up where I Am The Warwis left off. And that end part really, really does. It sounds every bit like I Am the Walrus, without completely violating any copyright laws. It has the same plotting beat, and I'm using plotting as descriptive, not editorializing, because I Am the Walrus is one of my favoritest, if maybe my favoritest, Beatles song. So it's got the same kind of pace as I Am the Walrus. The music itself has that same kind of sound. The way Jeff sings it, it's very I Am The Walrus-y. Mr.
0: City Policeman sitting pretty little policeman in a row. Broken windows, choking chimneys, factory walls for miles and miles.
1: And you got the weird strings thing like I Am The Walrus has. <laughs> And then the fade out. Like I Am the Walrus, it's a whole bunch of different sounds, and there's even some radio static and all kinds of things going on as it fades out. <laughs> So, if the Electric Light Orchestra, as planned, was picked up where I Am The Walrus left off, then this would have ended ELO ending with I Am The Walrus. It's a perfect song to have ended ELO with. But, Cheapskates at the Record Company, no, we're going to cut it down to a single album. Get rid of some songs. And I can understand why this one went, because, I mean, eight minutes long... You've lost half an album side of a single album, and you're trying to put in more than just five songs on a record so that people feel like they spent their money on something that gave them more than just, well, here's five songs.
3: I totally agree. Occasionally, you get a lost gem like this from a band, Mm -hmm. where at some point something went wrong and there was just no place for it on the album. Yeah, yeah. It's nice that they put it on Afterglow and it's nice that there's a full version now of Secret Messages so you can hear where it belongs on there. And as varied as Secret Messages is, I would say this fits in without a problem. Oh, yeah. It's a completely finished song, so it's not like it was a demo or something like that that they went, uh, okay. Hmm. That's good enough. (laughs) Yep. I'm done with this thing. This sounds like it was something that he really put his heart into and probably was heartbreaking to have to just take it right off of there because Mm. even though once again, we didn't exactly need letter from Spain, (laughs) but, (laughs) but yeah, this would have taken up a good portion of the uh, second side of the album. Mm. And the thing is, is uh, with what's on the single album, I think this would have, Stolen the thunder from anything else on there, to uh, tell you the truth. Absolutely, this would be the one thing that album is remembered for. Yeah, it'd be "Hello, My Old Friend." It'd be like, okay, we got all these other songs, and "Hello, My Old Friend." Mm-hmm. It would stick out like a sore thumb on a single album.
1: Yeah, and when I said "Rock and Roll Is King" is the last great ELO song, again, recorded for a certain album. I don't mean bonus tracks and stuff, because this song is is friggin' awesome. And if it was the last song on "Secret Messages," This would have been the last great ELO song. Definitely. Yep. They do something with it on the double album that really, really bugs me. On the single album, the end of Secret Messages fades out, and that Secret Messages lead-in from the start of the album kicks in over the fade-out backwards, and then the fades out. <laughs> ¶¶ On the double album version, hello my old friend fades out, and then in comes that secret messages intro thing that's... It just sounds wrong. It sounds like, alright, put this here, put this here, put this here, alright, we're done. That outro should have overlapped the fade out and the other fade in, just like it did on the single album. Makes more sense. Sounds more right.
3: Yeah, it, it does sound completely out of place listening to that. Yeah. If there was any other reason to buy Afterglow other than having all the great hits and everything on there, I'd say this is your reason to buy Afterglow is just to get this song.
2: Got something to say about? Hello, my old friend. Then call the telephone line voicemail. Six
0: two three eight five zero oh, three three seven five. Call now.
4: Good hello y'all, it's me, Donna, from the Xanadu Preservation Society, and here's my take on Hello My Old Friend. If all the fanboy urban legend talk is to be believed, this would have been THE final track on THE final album EVER. This would be a center crown jewel of the group's legacy, I can understand it. Sure, I've done my own bitching about Jeff's overly digital indulgence and in secret messages, but he has constructed a song and a recording that mixed and matched everything together. The digital indulgence, the strings of the past, and the persistence of the group's majestic sound they ran throughout their sography. Minus balance of power. (coughs) Jeff can do his own bitching about his old sound, but he can't totally ignore it, and and if he is going to go out, might as well go boom while he's at it. Plus, if that fanboy talk is also to be believed again, this song is a long reference to his old hometown, so I can see the motivation to go out on that level. And you can't get more boomier than Bevan, finally lending it rip in the third and final act after being buried underneath all that level of digital paint. Leaving the second act as merely a intermission bridging the old and the new, or the new and the old. Mix in flying pieces of tape, going forward, backward, left, right. Yeah, it would have been a nice wrap up.
0: Dr. Troy Dean White, Ph.D., with my thoughts on Hello My Old Friend. This is certainly one of the strangest, at least by later ELO standards, ELO songs that I have ever heard, but I think it would have fit quite nicely on their first two albums, especially the second one, if you add maybe a few more strings. But it certainly is a bit bizarre when you compare it to Discovery Time, Secret Messages. And I know Jeff put it on the 2LP special edition Secret Messages came out about a couple years ago. And I've already said that I don't think Secret Messages works as a double album. But whether it does or not, I don't think this song is a good fit for Secret Messages. But I do think it deserved better than to be a B-side. And that's why I think it would have done fine on ELO 2 But of course, it was written and recorded later than that. So, it is certainly one of their most Beatles esque songs. Especially the French horn. Or is that a French horn? Or is that a synthesizer? That's what's so great, you can't tell! But it does remind me of Penny Lane, where the horn figured prominently on that song. And it reminds me of a song from the Beatles' psychedelic period, Revolver Through Magical Mystery Tour. And that's another reason why I like it so much. But what I really like about this song is the instrumental breakdown in the middle. The tempo changes, the tune changes, almost everything changes. And it seems to go on forever. And right near the end, you get a cacophony or as george martin described it an orgasm of sound like when days of Our lot when days of our life a day in the life cuts into the middle part and then when it goes out of the middle part back into the song well jeff puts this cacophony of sound in and you think you're getting to the end of the instrumental breakdown but you're not there's still about a minute and a half more before it goes into the final part of the song. And then the final verse is completely different from the earlier verses. I just, I said, I just love this song, and I almost wish ELO had done an album later in their career like their first two albums. This song would have been a perfect fit. This has been A Thought From Troy.
1: liked hated what does madeline think
2: i liked the song and that's it and I mean everything I said. Wow, she liked it. Taste the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra's song-by-song song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up-to-date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 136, Mandalay.